Hello and welcome to Adam and Eve on CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton and around the world on CJSR.com. My name is Michelle Dang and I'll be your host for today's episode of Adam and Eve. Thanks for tuning in. Adam and Eve is Edmonton's only feminist news radio show. We are adamant on highlighting, discussing, and engaging with feminist struggles across Edmonton and around the world. Today, we are going to listen to Adam and Eve producers, Gwen and Luis, talk with a community leader in Edmonton, Yasmin Suarez, who wants to share her project involving a community mural in the city. Let's take a listen. My name is Luis. I am editor and co-producer at Adam and Eve. I'm joined today by Gwen and uh, Jasmine. What would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I, my name is Wen, uh, my pronouns are they, she, and I'm also a co-producer with Luis and I also help um, edit on Adam and Eve. And I'm also with Jasmine. I met her through Memoria Viva. She is working on a very cool project on a mural uh, that is uh, attempting to cre- uh, gather stories and uh, experiences from Latin American community to, to put into a mural. Uh, Jasmine, would you like to introduce yourself better and maybe tell us a bit about your project? Awesome. Thank you for having me, Luis and Wen. Uh, my name is Yasmin, she, her pronouns, and I am a visual artist here in uh, uh, Treaty 6 in Edmonton. I am also part of different communi- uh, committees throughout the arts uh, uh, community and organizations. And I also work with young people, youth uh, in addictions and mental health. Thank you for having me. No worries. So to begin with, um, okay, how do you become part of this project? Right. So uh, as part of uh, a member of Memoria Viva and volunteer, uh, we have been working in collaboration with with uh, Migrante Canada for a number of years. So throughout the years, we've done a few projects together. They are a very good, um, solid organization. And with uh, the fact that they are uh, working out of the Orange Hub, that used to be a Grand McEwen part of the university, um, they have space there. Uh, the, the hub now houses a lot of nonprofit and different communities like the Filipino community, indigenous communities, the Syrian community. Um, so it was through Migrante that they uh, managed to get some funding in order for these communities to come together and, uh, and make a mural. So the project is called Walls of Color. And part of the pro, pro project is to get various uh, migrant communities to increase and understand um, that it, it, and understand that the indigenous communities. So the connection is important as there is indigenous organizations in the Orange Hub as well. Um, and also to connect the communities as we have um, similar situations, similar life experiences of how and why we came as immigrants, refugees to this lovely country, Canada, to make those connections and also to add some color into the building. Um, so at the moment, we are uh, in the pretty much second step of the 
project, which is community consultation. So all communities involved are starting to record and to interview community members. Um, it is a little bit harder for the Latin American community as we have many countries, right? So, um, you know, we had to break it down into areas and maybe, and for me, it has been a really cool experience to look at it from a historic perspective, because when we look at the migration story of the people from Latin America, we know that the Chilean community came first back in the 50s and 60s, and then came um, different communities for mo most of the time uh, back then, there were um, refugees running away from civil wars happening in in the countries. And now we see an evolve, evolving um, in a way that people that come to, to Canada now are more from um, the Caribbean, uh, from Colombia, from Mexico, and they are here, most of them not necessarily as war refugees, but economic and environmental refugees. So we see a shift, but at the same time, um, communities continue to, to come to Edmonton and make it, making uh, Canada their home. And as we know, um, a lot of immigrant refugee communities don't necessarily get the education in terms of Indigenous connection to Treaty 6. Um, and as we as we speak, there is a lot of, um, you know, education and conversation to be done around uh, how Canada was founded. And one of the recommendations from the Commission, the Truth and Reconciliation, is to educate immigrant refugees. So um, in touch with what we already knew and, and now these new um, things coming to light, we, we do feel like the project is uh, something that is beneficial to all communities. And I, I like that that connection that uh, to, to Indigenous communities and like know their history. Because, uh, yeah, just from personal experience, I would say that like back at home, I, I had some knowledge about like the, the history of Colombia and the whole mess that, that it is. And traveling here, like actually understanding how like we displace Indigenous communities in, in in our in the home right so yeah very 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 interesting yeah. what you just it's said. super like bittersweet for a lot of uh immigrants refugees like myself because you know leaving canada i mean guatemala due to the civil war that we know that the u.s had their hands on and just a lot of um, diaspora misplacement of indigenous people and then to come here and to be speaking yet another colonizer language that is uh, English and to learn that we are also settlers displacing indigenous communities and people so it's um, bittersweet for us because uh, yesterday I was actually reflecting on my relationship with Canada and you know so much to think the Canadian people and the government for allowing my family to be here and live a peaceful life. But then again, it's like a bittersweet because as you learn um, on the backs of who are we okay, are we surviving? Are we, you know, on, you know, so um, it's a lot. It is quite a lot, yeah. I feel you there. Wow. Um, if I can add a follow-up question on that, um, like you talked about how, um, like languages can become like a, a a barrier in some ways. And I wonder like with the murals, it kind of surpasses those language barriers. And like, how, how do you hope to see this community building effort um, between like migrant communities and indigenous communities 
come together and mesh together with this mural. So we know that with the interviews, a lot of the stories of why people are here and the barriers that they had to face being in a new country, and also the successes of what immigrants, refugees bring to this country in terms of economic, um, we know that we're going to have similarities. So within communities, it's important to connect these dots because sometimes we feel like for example, with the Filipino community or the Syrian community, like what can we have in common as we know, maybe even religious, uh, there's a difference there, cultural music and everything. But when we start to, um, you know, talk about our experiences, we find that a lot of the the things are very similar. Um, In the past, not related to the specific project, but I have done, I've been involved in some uh, workshops that we call them Condor and Eagle. And that was to connect immigrant refugee youth with indigenous youth and also talk about the experiences. And what we found is that a lot of uh, indigenous youth that come to the city to work for school from the reserves or or different uh, small towns in Canada, uh, a lot of similarities in terms of the culture shock, um, even the language, the food. So making... Or, or having these connections is important because then it gives you um, that connection, but also that education on both ends. Um, so we're hoping, I'm hoping that that would also happen in this, um, in this way, even though um, we are doing interviews on Zoom due to COVID restrictions. So um, it's not the same as to have a room full of people and even sharing a meal, sharing music together. Uh, but we should um, hopefully, maybe in the summer, as we, the, the project continues, we'll be able to do some stuff. But to keep our especially elders safe, we want to make sure that we are doing them on Zoom. Yeah, that's very thoughtful. Um, so I, I just have a, this question that kind of occurred to me. Um, have you ever done murals back at home in Guatemala? No, I actually came here when I was 10 years old. And so I, uh, you know, did school here, but I've been, um, I think in my late 20s, I started to reconnect to my roots and even to my own indigenous uh, you know, background and, and family. Uh, so then in those trips, I have met with a lot of artists back home. And I, in 2016, I was actually planning to go back and live there for a year because there's a lot of work to be done over there and a lot of movements, a lot of movements within the indigenous Maya people in where, the territory that I'm from. So um, not necessarily, but uh, here we did work. I did do a, a little mural with a, with a community here. Um, so this will be my very first big one. Um, but in order for this to be successful, we, we know that uh, the artists have to be knowledgeable on how to make and how to do murals. So we do have Hela, who is an artist from Mexico. And she's done a lot of murals in, in the city and lots back home. So she's starting to kind of get her feet wet here in Edmonton. So it's, again, a great opportunity for a newcomer to, to uh, work on some projects. Um, so uh, we'll, we're going to be learning with Hela, the people, that the artists from each community. And then, uh, of course, through the storytelling, what our objective is, is to get uh, stories where we can um, create something visually, even though we know that it's going to be hard. 
but we also discussed how we want to include water in the mural. Um, so we know that the Saskatchewan River connects a lot of uh, communities. And back in the day, it, it was one of the main uh, sources of connection with indigenous communities. Um, also, we know that we make the connection between water and migration. Water goes all over, no borders, it, it flows freely. And that's the connection to the immigrant migrant uh, experience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, when you like talk about water and like kind of paints a picture in my head and I wonder like, it, like I, I don't know what stage you're in with this process, but if you could paint like a, a mental picture for the listeners on how you all might envision how the mural might come together um, and look like, what, what are your thoughts on that? For sure, water is going to be included. I know that probably a lot of colors. Um, we are one of the questions that we are asking our participants is uh, just to give us an image, if they can, of different areas or different um, blocks of life. So, in your childhood, what comes to mind? As you were traveling to Canada, what comes to mind? And once you settled and you're part of the community, what comes to mind? Um, so we're hoping that a lot of, um, maybe a few things will be similar and we can grab from that. Um, to be honest, I, uh, it's hard to imagine how it's gonna come together because different perspectives, different ages as well. So we're targeting for the elders in our community, but also the first, second generations. Um, so we have some folks uh, doing interviews in Spanish and some in English because the new generations um, don't necessarily speak Spanish. So uh, we want to be inclusive and also uh, try to include different, um, you know, folks like LGBTQ um, voices that we don't necessarily hear often within the communities. That's beautiful. Yeah, I... I was thinking back, like what murals are done at home, like back, back at home, and I I wish it was a, a process like that of consultation. I mean, it's very kind of let's call it underground, right? Because it's just teenage, maybe like 20, 30 year olds who like have this ambition of like taking or uh, appropriating back a public space, right? And I, I I wish it was this amount of consultation and this amount of appropriation of, of space that. You, you guys have some beautiful work. I love it. Yeah, it is. It is important to, yeah, especially the people that are going to be seeing it on a daily basis. Um, or um, we also saw a different project here with uh, in the Clairview LRT station. Um, so as we were getting funding for this project that came about, so I, I managed to go into one of their consultations with community and it was, it was really cool to see what they've done because that's what we were thinking. And then to see um, AJ actually actively, you know, do it. And then you, you can see the work that they've done um, with ours, with the orange hub, um, we are, not going to be using the wall we're going to be using a big canvas um, again this is to create movement for the piece that way uh, it's able to move around but also i think there was some like building things that uh, we weren't able to use a physical wall but i think overall um i think that's 
even better because it can be a moving project. And, um, you know, as we work on it, we know that it's probably going to be more than just the wall or just the mural. Like I can see this um, moving forward and doing more things in the future, whether that is only with the Latin American community or in, or in collaboration with other communities. Um, but one of the other things that we're connecting this project with through Memoria Viva is an archive that we've been uh, working on for a few years, uh, not myself, but other members. Um, and what they have done is again, interview uh, you know, community members, because within the Latin American community, especially the Salvadorian and Chilean community, that the elders that we have now are getting older, they're in their 60s, 70s, some unfortunately have passed away. And we as, um, you know, settlers here, setting roots here, for example, I have a son there, um, I'm not leaving here anymore, this is home for me. So what are we going to bring to our future generations where they can see either online or a physical space for them to see the history of our communities of our people and the reasons why we're here uh, is very important for us to do that and again with memoria viva it translates to memory alive right or, or something along those lines um, which is to maintain and to keep our history our memories our our struggles and our fight alive because even though um, we're here we're privileged to have all our basic needs met um, we see the injustices that are happening in our home countries like Colombia Guatemala, Mexico, like it never ends, Chile. So what can we do as people that we, you know, that we can maybe create change in, in a distance? How can we support and collaborate with communities to, to join the fight? So that's what Memoria Viva is about and um, one of the projects that, that they have going on. Yeah, thank you. Um, so maybe just to wrap up, um, so if there are folks that are interested in participating or know somebody or are related to somebody that wants to participate, uh, could you tell us how they can contact you specifically or maybe uh, contact the project? Yeah, so if anyone is interested, you have someone in mind. Um, again, this is open to everyone. We don't have a number specific of how many interviews we can do is right now is as many as possible. Um, and you can contact me. My name is Yasmin and I can provide an email. It is a little bit hard to, um, to, to spell, but it's Quetzal girl, at hotmail.com Quetzal like the bird. <laughs> and, uh, my phone number is 780-901-6188. Uh, people can call me, shoot me a text message on there, and then I can book. Um, one of the things that I kind of go over is the project, um, what language they would like to, to be included. And then, um, we have a consent form that people need to sign because as I was talking, the project or the interviews are for this project, but might be also used if people are okay with uh, their stories being archived in the Edmonton uh, archives. Um, so in that right now, they don't, have on, they don't have it online. It's a physical space. Um, I haven't gone to check it out. I've been meaning to, but I do understand that they also uh, collect or take copies of articles or things that, you know, people brought when they, they came. 
Um, so once they sign the consent form, uh, we talk about which medium they would like to be interviewed in, whether it's a phone call or Zoom, and then we go from there. Awesome. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you. I was thinking it was going to be like a plug, but I think this this could your your, um, your speeches and stuff like that make it for a, for a good episode. So thank awesome. you for your time and yeah, thanks for sharing good. this with us. I'll keep you updated. Yeah, this sounds like such an amazing project and I can't wait to see it to fruition and see like the process of me doing it too. Like, yeah, I'm just excited. This is really cool. Yeah, it is. We're excited too. Thanks for tuning in to our coverage of this community mural in Treaty 6 territory. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of Adam and Eve, Edmonton's only feminist news program. We produced this week's show in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada on Treaty 6 territory. We are grateful to be in the traditional territory of the diverse indigenous peoples of this land. We recognize that colonialism is ongoing and violent, and we encourage you to reflect on your own relationship further and ask what accountability would look like here in practice for yourself, the communities you are a part of, and the larger systems that shape our daily access and opportunities. We stand in solidarity with all victims of colonialism in so-called Canada and around the world. Thanks again to all our contributors for this episode, Wenchan, Luisa Fuentes, and Yasmin Suarez. Adam and Eve is a spoken word project of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, and our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. For more information on our program and to send us any feedback, please contact us on our Facebook page under Adam and Eve. We're always looking for more volunteers to help out, so if you're interested in learning any aspect of radio production, just get in touch. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've been your host, Michelle Dang, and have an Adam and Evening.